Screenless. James Cridland, radio futurologist, writer, consultant, podcaster, statistician, honorary Aussie. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. <laughs> it's a great pleasure. Thank you for asking. <laughs> That's a lot of things, isn't it? Honorary Aussie, I'm not so sure about, yes, but anyway, we'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see We'll see if they let me in. Are you doing the whole citizenship uh, application thing? I am. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Oh, good luck with that. Um, so, James, what's playing on your podcast app at the moment? Well, I'm in the middle of an episode of The Bugle at the moment, uh, which is a very oh, fine okay. podcast, comes from the UK, but has lots of different uh, comedians on it. And it's a satirical podcast about what's going on in the world. <laughs> because That's been going a long time, you, actually, isn't it? It has indeed, yes. So it was um, originally, I think it was a Times podcast and uh, with John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman. And then John Oliver That's started... Fine you know doing more important things um and uh, yes and it's sort of moved around from place to place but it seems to be quite happily paid for by entail at the moment and uh yeah and it's a good a good podcast that comes out every single week that must be uh, quite an interesting take on the current world events yes i mean i think it's interesting because you've got people from the us from australia um from uh, india from the uk on it and so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things going on in the world, and it's a <laughs> yeah. pretty good sort of you know view into what's going on, and um, and mostly taking the the mick out of it. So that's a always a good thing too. <laughs> nice. So let's go back to was it? Did I read 1989 that you entered the world of radio around then? Well, uh, yes, legally, yes. <laughs> when did you realize you wanted to work in radio and, and how did it all happen yeah well i was at school and i remember i was so i was listening to somebody called graham robb who was very late at night on radio tees and i thought wow this is uh this is something else this is a you know the, there's a human being out there connecting with lots of other human beings and i thought wow that's really that's really exciting so, yeah, so when I was at school, I did uh, A-levels in music, in physics and in politics so that I could uh, work in music radio or engineering or journalism. Um, <laughs> I did two of those, actually. Yeah, well, there you go. So Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I did that. I may have run a pirate radio station as well. And um, oh. <laughs> so uh, running off a off a nine-volt battery. Oh, my word. But, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I was very keen to get into that. So, and actually, I ended up taking myself away from school for a weekend. I spent uh, about 250 quid, which was a lot of money in those days, going to a radio training centre in Leicester to learn how to be a radio wow. presenter, um, which I wasn't particularly good at. But I did also learn how to edit tape, edit magnetic tape, which was um, which is a useless skill now, but back in the day was <laughs> yeah. very helpful uh, because it taught you how to edit audio, of course. And so um, and that basically got me my first job. So the passion was there from a very early age with you. So your first job. What actually was that? Yes, so my first job was um, I, I ended up working at uh, Pennine Radio in Bradford. And my first actual job for a week was uh, carrying the mobile phone out for one of the news journalists. Um, and the mobile phone oh, wow. at the time was a very heavy sort of, you know, great big... Um, <laughs> sort of suitcase thing which is pretty heavy for a 10 year old you know? 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, and I remember carrying it for one of our news uh, journalists, and I ended up going to uh, a house fire or something. And, um, yeah, and that was my sort of first job was doing that and reclaiming tape and doing a little bit of editing of some uh, interviews, but mainly topic entailing, so uh, nothing particularly uh, involved. But uh, it was a first sort of foot in the door, if you see what I mean, in terms of uh, yeah. radio, which was uh, really, you know, really enjoyable and great fun. Yeah. So moving on to later, when did you actually pivot to podcasting? When did you realise this was actually an industry that's going to be worth being in? Well, so I was working at uh, Virgin Radio in London, the original, in 2005. And one of the things that my job entailed was I was looking after the website, I was looking after new platforms, you know, on the website. And my uh, job really entailed, you know, a number of different uh, things. But one of them was seeing if we could get some press releases about our radio station and how clever we were, um, which is always a good thing. So in January of 2005, we uh, put the Pete and Jeff Breakfast Show, as was, onto podcasting for the first time. Oh, so to okay. put that into context, uh, there wasn't uh, podcasting in the, in the iPhone at that time, or in, indeed the iPhone even hadn't been invented, but even there wasn't mm. uh, podcasting in the iPod. That only came in June or July of that year. So this was a very a niche uh, thing, you know, was uh, playing around with, you, you know, a podcast um, with, uh, you know, a piece of software called Juice Podder or iPodder and um, yeah. all kinds of things. But yeah, and so I ended up coding the first RSS feed for that and working out the algorithm to actually take a three hour show and make that into a, a 40 minute wow. podcast. And um, yeah, and realized that this was something that was really interesting on demand audio that you could download, that you can enjoy wherever you were, and uh, found it a fascinating part of the industry. And so really, you know, I've always been involved in podcasting in that sort of area, you know, ever since. Funny you should say that about audio on demand. I'm seeing now, and I, I listen to your pod news on my Google Home speaker in the morning, mm. and it mentioned this morning about featuring podcasts on radio stations. And it seems to have come full circle. <laughs> yes. The podcast on-demand audio is now going back into the, the broadcast audio. Yes, I mean, it's strange. So that's a radio station in the in the UK called Podcast Radio, which is available in London and in Manchester. And uh, yeah, and all it does is it broadcasts podcasts, which seems a bit strange. But actually, if you have a look at the um, the top podcast charts, then you see that quite a lot of those are are podcasts from the radio. Yeah. So, you know, shows that you've actually heard. <laughs> yeah. And that's certainly a part of podcasting's history. And so actually yeah. seeing it sort of turn full circle is quite is quite interesting. But yeah, you know, there are also radio stations in the US that just broadcast podcasts. I have to say there was one in 2005. It was called KYOU and it was in San Francisco. Um, it wow. was just broadcasting them then, but uh, you know, so so it's certainly not a particularly new idea. But uh, I think that does show that you know there's an awful lot of um, real talent out there that some radio stations feel you know mm. is worthwhile actually sticking on the air. This is now a medium that anybody can get into with a very little equipment, I suppose. Yeah, and the advice I see all around is just get going. You know, just start. 
and I'm fairly new to the podcast industry, but I would add a caveat to that in that you shouldn't expect everything immediately. You know, you get going to begin the journey of learning on the job and putting things in context and everything, just like anything, I suppose. Uh, What advice would you have to budding podcasters who want to get into podcasting? I mean, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I would first say start, start doing mm. something, start making stuff. You might not want to publish it, and that's absolutely fine too. But start making stuff, start seeing what works, work on something that you're passionate about as well is, is an important sort of side uh, to that. But you really don't need to worry about what microphone to use, what mixer to go out and buy, what laptop to use. At the end of the day, making a piece of audio can be really, really simple. Um, And it can be as easy as pressing record on your mobile phone, doing that and then stopping. You know, I mean, it can be just, just as easy as that. So I think, you know, from that point of view, you know, just sort of get on and do it. The other sort of pieces of advice that I would give are sort of slightly less broad brush, but in terms of uh, a name for your podcast, lots of people love being very clever and having very clever names. And that's fine. You can have a clever name for your for your podcast, but nobody will find it. Um, yeah. So if it's a podcast about the Australian travel industry, then my advice would be call it the Australian travel industry podcast. <laughs> Don't call it boarding gate number five because nobody will understand that <laughs> too clever so um yeah and and you can have a look at podcast which is a large podcast company which got bought by spotify at the end of last year and podcast has done exactly that they have a podcast about serial killers and it's called serial killers oh, yeah <laughs> you know yeah, and they have a podcast it. about you know mythology and it's called mythology um uh, just to keep things really really simple um i suppose it ties into all the seo malarkey doesn't it you yeah know, exactly what, whatever people type in as a search term you want to be as close as possible to that yeah exactly and it is you know seo 101 isn't it it's making mm. sure that you appear there in the search results and uh, you know apple has a pretty good search engine uh, for mm. podcasts that actually returns the most popular podcasts at the top, which is very clever of it. But now that podcasts are appearing in Google searches as well, and there are two billion of those every second, um, then Oof. you know SEO has never been more important. So yeah. making sure that your podcast is named a sensible name, but also making sure that each one of your episodes is named a sensible name as well. Don't call it episode twenty-seven. Because that's that again is not going to help, you know. So yeah. that so the you know the obvious things such as that are obvious ideas. I think for what you should do when you're getting uh, going. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think you can overthink this quite a lot, and actually starting and being prepared to change things as you go is probably a good thing. Mm. Thank you, James. Where can people find you online if uh, if they're looking for you? Well, the best way is to go to podnews.net, which is a um, excellent uh, newsletter that I write every single day. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, go on there, and you can subscribe to that newsletter, uh, you know, for free, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Twitter um, as James Cridland. Nice and easy. Fantastic. Okay. Well, James, I'll put those links in the show notes. But for now, thank you ever so much for joining me for a cuppa. Thank you. Thank you.